0: Hi guys, it's Laurie and Joey from I Told You I Couldn't Breathe, Damn It. We're going to do a new format today. Um, Before we get started, we are at the French press, which you can barely see. Um, Here you go. I'm not drinking cold coffee. I'm drinking a soda. But um, our disclaimer is if you hear music in the background, we don't own the rights to that. This is the cafe, so would they own the rights, or I don't know if they own the rights or not to the music, but we don't. Um, Our podcasts can be found on Breaker, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Radio Public, and we're still waiting on an Apple. Uh, We also have a YouTube channel, and a Facebook, and an Instagram. YouTube is still under, I told you I couldn't breathe, damn it. But Facebook and Instagram are under, under, I told you I couldn't breathe. So what we're going to do today, we're going to try something different, uh, different format, how we do things, uh, how we're going to discuss things.
1: Yeah, basically more of a chit-chat and talk like we should be doing. Yeah. Like it should be going around. Uh, So Lori, we're still trying to get Lori's story out there. Um, that way you understand where she's coming from, what's going on. And once we get there, then we can, like you said before in the previous one, now we can get to our, hey, we have we have a guest. So we're going to talk about this now. Hey, we have this guest. So we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we just thought that as Lori's getting down on her story and we're almost there with her full story, um, then um, then we can continue – and go from there, but at the same time, bring me in a little bit because I do play a little bit of on in her story, yes. Um, so that's why I'm here. But I'm also here to, um, I'm also here to help her out with this podcast and go He's from the there. Boss. No, <laughs> no, but I'm here to help her out as much as I can. But I do play part in her story, so that's yes, why that's does. why I'm he here. He plays to. a
0: big part in my story, he just doesn't admit it, <laughs> but uh today guys i wanted to we left off talking about uh diagnosis and finally getting through everything uh, it was a big thing and it went on in july when i was diagnosed and then august had rolled around and at the end of august i still had didn't have answers i still didn't have a good treatment plan uh, they were still trying to figure it out the doctor that i had or the pulmonologist that i had Had no clue how to treat PH. He was just researching as he went. I think I was his guinea pig at the time. (laughs) And uh, since then, he's had more patients that have been diagnosed with PH. And um, he gives them my name. So it's been interesting since then. But uh, we roll into, uh, I guess, the end of. I went back to work, uh, Mm -hmm. saying I went back to work was an understatement because I went back to work at my home. Uh, I was actually working out of my house. My company had come in, they set up my computers on my dining room table. I had two monitors, my full desk set up. I had uh, everything there, my scanner, my printer, everything. And I remember being back the first three days, I was actually physically working again Uh, I had been gone for like two or three weeks, and I had filed like 83 permits, and the girls that were working in the office hadn't filed anything that whole three weeks. And I remember being on the phone, talking to the VP of operations of our group, who was over my boss, and uh, we were sitting there, and he said, why haven't they filed anything? And I'm like, you need to talk to my boss. (laughs) But he noticed, The difference in uh, how I talked, because at the time I was having to take these deep breaths as much as I could take deeply and to be able to communicate with them. And then I had an oxygen tube in, then we had went from the two liters of uh, just, I guess, the control flow, where every time you breathe in, it would puff in your nose, uh, which is how I came up with the names of my oxygen tanks, which were now at four liters, but it wasn't the the puff, it was actually
1: continuous, continuous yeah.
0: flow. So, and,
1: when you were doing that, I didn't mean to interrupt there, but when okay. you were doing that, were you consciously, since you were doing all those and, and they were seeing that you were doing more than the other people were doing, were you consciously thinking about that or were you just trying to throw yourself in your job and thinking, if I throw myself in my job, you know, then I'd, forget about it but I forget about it for now and kind of deal with it did you consciously think about that or were you just kind of let me go back to work I need to work that's that's where I
0: was because the going back to work kept me focused and not on my disease and and thinking about what was going on because I was still trying to grapple with the fact that they told me I was terminal and that I was going to die from this. And that's yeah. something you know, when you're 42 years old, you're, not, you're looking at, okay, I'm going to maybe make it to my 80s. Not thinking you're not going to make it past your 42nd 40, birthday yeah. or your right. 43rd, which mm-hmm. was coming up. So that was the, the big thing with me is every time I went through something traumatic for me, mm-hmm. I was always focused on work. It was become work-focused. Even when I got divorced, that was my thing is, I focused on my career. And that was my uh, big thing, was to move up the corporate ladder. I was planning on to, uh, retiring at 52. Oh. And you know, 10 more years of work for me was, okay, if I can get this behind my belt, then I can retire, I can go travel, I can do all the things that i should have been doing enjoy
1: yourself (laughs) while you can
0: right and then Uh now i couldn't do it because it was just a chore just to get up in the mornings or go to the grocery store or go to the doctor's appointment because
1: i've heard a lot of people say you feel handcuffed
0: yeah
1: oh it was more than handcuffed you felt like
0: you were just strapped to a chair and that was all you could do anymore you mm -hmm. couldn't get up and move around you couldn't do all the things you know like get up and cook because if you're on oxygen Anything that's flammable—it's <laughs> Yeah, a you don't want to be around anything like that
1: because then, the, cause then Lori would be the, a projectile somewhere around the t- around the Cypress area. So, <laughs> no, it's, it's not the government that was you know blowing, <laughs> throwing out their you know nuclear bombs. It was Lori just flying through the air.
0: Right. You know. <laughs> Let me blow up my neighbors while I'm at it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I actually had a sign that they give you. To put in the window that says "oxygen in use, flammable." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right a- beside the sign that said, "If there's a fire, there's this many dogs and this many humans in the house." In the house. <laughs> <laughs> I have a sign on my window that says. That. You still have. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that was part of it is being able to focus on work get back to a normal routine, um, which wasn't normal anymore. And they changed my work protocol um, and they gave it to me verbally and I'll get to that later on. Uh, This is before I had actually met all the people from the PH Association. Um, Which if you don't know, PH is pulmonary hypertension and there's a pulmonary hypertension association. And what that does is they have a a whole group that's in Maryland that uh, that goes in and uh, lobbies for uh, funding and things like that for research for the disease um, as well as getting approved medication and uh, uh, things in that nature for us to be able to live a little longer. Uh, and they've advanced so much in the last thirty right. years,
1: which a lot of you out there listening to this or watching us can, can attest. You can compare it to the Susan G. Komen Foundation with the breast cancer, that kind of stuff. That's where all they do they do also do all that lobbying uh, to get their uh, obviously get their funds so they can do more research and mm-hmm. help more people. Like PHA helped Lori, and is still helping other patients. Right, and will continue to
0: right you know
1: as long as they have the funding, they have the help.
0: Yes, exactly. And uh, that September, I think it was around this time in September, um, PH on the road came to Houston and we had signed up for it. It was me, my mom, and two other caregivers. We signed up for the conference and I remember actually making my way in there. I was walking with a walker. Uh, I had the oxygen tank, at the time only had one, I had named it, um, I can't remember if it was Neil or Buzz at the time. Uh, I had named it. I think it was Neil Armstrong. Uh, and I had named my oxygen tanks after him. And uh, Did
1: you actually have labels on them, or you just named them? I just named them. Yeah. <laughs> should have had, you should have...
0: Yeah, I, I should have put labels on them, but yeah. there was always... At the time I was okay, only on to, four liters, so but, I wasn't but, really carrying a lot then. So. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it would last you, so you... Yeah.
1: Something that you could, a name tag you could have taken off and put it on as you traded your tanks and stuff.
0: True. But uh, we walked into the PH, and they were having all these seminars talking about uh, early diagnosis or being diagnosed, newly diagnosed, people that had been diagnosed for years, uh, exercise and diagnosis. They went through, it was a full hour. It started... at eight o'clock, actually I said not hour, it was more like the full day of nothing but uh, seminars. And I remember going to these different seminars and picking out which ones I wanted to go to. And um, I remember going into this, I think second or third seminar before lunch, and I walked in and, and it was patients newly diagnosed. And they had several other people that had been diagnosed for years that were going through different treatments. And then they actually had a doctor there, and I can't remember who the doctor was, uh, talking about pH diagnosis and dealing with it. And I was at the back of the room because I made it in there late. And um, I was sitting on my walker because it has a seat. And it was actually borrowed from my mom. And she was there and she actually found a seat. So I was sitting on hers. And um, I remember walking in and seeing all these people that had been diagnosed like I was and newly diagnosed. And they were asking questions. And uh, at one point I had asked a question and I just broke down in tears and I just couldn't stop. And it was uncontrollable. And I was just sobbing to that, you know, where the point where I couldn't breathe because (laughs) when you do that, you can't breathe anyway. But then you, when you cry, all this stops up and it was just uncontrollable. And I remember somebody walked up behind me and just wrapped their arms around me and cried with me. And at the time I had no idea who it was. And then after I calmed down, she came and sat in front of me um, and didn't talk to me like I was a kid but she sat eye to eye with me and she introduced herself and her name was Meredith Um, she was part of the Lone Star PHA chapter that was here in, in Houston and she introduced herself, told me what she did and she just sat there and cried with me and she said, you'll get through this, that's what we're here for, and at that moment, it wasn't that I knew that I wasn't going to get hope, but I knew, uh, uh, what, you know, what I was going to, where I was going to go at that point. I knew that there was something better for me, and where I was going to go, um, i i I don't know how to describe it um at that point i knew where we were going to go with this and it gave me hope which is part of the ph associations Uh, their goal is to give hope to patients like me that are diagnosed with this lung disease and um, i also got to meet her colleagues meredith and Jana at the time uh Love me or meredith. meredith but megan oh,
1: megan yeah.
0: and uh I Megan all these
1: folks also so, yeah, yeah
0: she ran the the uh ph association or ph lone star chapter and i think meredith was marketing and right. uh janna was their at ad, admin uh volunteer, volunteer coordinator, coordinator or something like that so it's been a while <laughs> yeah well it's been a while
1: too because i I know Meredith myself because I used to work with her at a previous job that she had. We worked together, and then I uh-huh. knew she had gone somewhere else, and I didn't even know until way later. And I met, you know, then I found out where she was at, and then that's when I, that's right. when I met you. But yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get to that story later. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so.
0: so we were in there. We got through that part of the day, and then we get to lunch. Uh, I got to meet other people, and they gave us these little cards about. Uh, what to talk with, there were the icebreaker cards that they had on the table. So mm-hmm. I met other people that had been diagnosed at different stages. Uh, the treatments they were going through, somewhere in wheelchairs, um, which I hadn't gotten to that point yet, but I wasn't far off. Um, we had went through all of that, we were set there, we ate lunch, and then um, a doctor came up and spoke about all the new treatments that they were developing for pH. She was a board member uh, and, and talked about where she was from. At the time, she was at Baylor here in Houston. Okay. And um, afterwards, I walked up to her and I said, uh, introduce myself. And I told her, I said, I want to be where you're at. How do I get there? And she just looked at me kind of funny. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I don't think the doctor that I'm dealing with has ever dealt with a pulmonary hypertension patient. Uh, He didn't understand. This is what we've done. We haven't done all this. What do I need to do as far as test-wise? How do I get transferred over to your clinic, referred, however you you require? And
1: with that being said, so you guys listening and watching, you know, that's one thing you guys got to figure out is if you're coming up with an illness or something, nine times out of ten, the doctor that you're going to is not the specialist. Yeah. No. You know, it's just your regular doctor, but they know that something else or they know that the diagnosis of something or other is going on. So, like Lori, Lori was able to s- seek out this. You guys have to do the same thing, too. Don't just sit there.
0: You have to be your own Advocates, yes,
1: you have to. So, I mean, with that, that I didn't you know, I wanted to throw that a little two cents mm-hmm. in there that you have to be your own advocate because you know, um, that way they e- even talk to your doctor and say, you know, I heard about this, I heard about that. And the do- a lot of times, doctors are going to be open and go, okay, well, let's get you into a specialist and let's see what's going on, Maybe right? We can better treat you, so, right?
0: And my doctor didn't, I don't think he realized that at the time that there were actually specialists out there. Um, And that was the thing about the website. Always research what your uh, disease is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Find out if there's an association out there that can help you. I I, I didn't realize there was a pH association until I Googled it. Um, The
1: association is going to give you all the information that you need. Right. And your question and answer as opposed to... Mm -hmm. um, when I was in the medical field, and a lot of medical field people are gonna hear, the, you know, instead of doing the, you know, Google it and WebMD it, you know, and though they love to hear that when you, well, I looked it up and I, WebMD said this, it's like,
0: well, let's You've know. got 40 different illnesses. Right, and 40, what and 40 different
1: people saying <laughs> what, uh, what it actually means when it's not true, but yeah. No, really researching people, because um, that association, it's gonna give you the true facts and the true information right. that you'll be looking for.
0: If you're Google anything and get WebMD, you should have died two days ago. Right.
1: <laughs> or you end up on a, week of, on a Wikipedia page, you know, that somebody, you know, as good as a, some, the information is as good as what it was put in there, so. Right, you know, and you,
0: it's usually by somebody without a degree or any medical background <laughs> whatsoever. right, right. right. So. <laughs> But that's the truth. And we
1: joke, we joke a lot about it, but yeah, you've got to research it. You've got to be an yes. advocate. you got to look at this. And your doctors are human. Right. So you've got to sit there and you've got to question your doctor and say, okay, what are you talking about? Why hey, did hey. you mean this? Why did you say this? Why are you, you know? And it's not that you're going against them. You're just trying to figure out things so that you know
0: mm-hmm. and you are aware. And that's why they call it a medical practice, because right. they're practicing medicine. They're not not—they're experts in their field, yes, but they're still practicing. They're not, you know, not everybody knows everything. Right. And there's always something that's gonna change the game and throw a loophole in it. And that was the biggest part of my diagnosis, is trying to find the underlying factors that gave me the ph in the process because ph is is usually tackled on some on top of something else else. so it's usually an underlying cause that caused ph in the first place and it's being able to find that because you may just have ph as a initial diagnosis but until they find that underlying cause whether it's um pulmonary sarcoidosis whether it's um Scleroderma, scleroderma which is a big factor or another autoimmune disease that's causing it right so and people don't realize that it's not just one thing it's going to be a multitude of other things right. and, uh, and
1: and we by you talking to that you know when yeah we're talking more about pulmonary and everything but that also brings to mind the story of my dad when my dad uh, got sick all of a sudden you know he 60 some odd years old never had an issue and now all of a sudden he's He's been treated for hypertension. Now he's had high blood pressure. Um, then he gets sick. He's got all the signs and symptoms of a gallbladder. Everything's leading to a gallbladder, all the signs and symptoms, but he's still not getting better. They're thinking about surgery. They're not thinking about surgery. He's in this hospital. He's getting worse. And it wasn't until this doctor came in, and I guess they consulted this doctor, and without us consulting, you know, we didn't know about that, but they were trying to figure things out. And they this doctor knew about it. He says, oh, I think he's got this. They tested him and sure enough, he was positive for it, which was Sjogren's syndrome, Mm -hmm. which is another autoimmune disorder. And a lot of patients in transplant and everything also have Sjogren's, which is basically inflammation of all their organs and they try to keep it down, they try to do all that. But it wasn't until this doctor came in, which we are lucky enough that this doctor knew. And again, he, you know, the other doctors were not they were not the. Uh, uh, what were we saying? They're, 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 they didn't know, you mm-hmm. know, and till this other doctor knew because he happened to be around this patients. and he didn't know. He knew only so much of it and know how to test for it and know how to kind of start the treatment, but he also, you know, helped my dad get to a specialist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you know that that he got help there, but like Lori's situation, Lori had to seek out for it. And you have to do that yourselves you know you, you just can't you know
0: you just can't take their word for it
1: right, you just can't right, right. I mean and a lot of people do because it's like oh they're the doctor they know better uh-huh. okay why are you taking this med why are you doing this why are you but be- oh I don't know the doctor just gave it to you. right okay fine and dandy but you need to question
0: right and, and but it's like the same way with before initial diagnosis before they diagnosed with ph when I was in my primary care, which is my endocrinologist, he, he's kept looking at things and finally I just said, do I need to go to a pulmonologist? Can you refer me to a pulmonologist? Mm-hmm. And then that day when my oxygen level was at 76, mm-hmm. is the day he put me in the hospital, which is when I met this pulmonologist after all these tests had been run and trying to figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. And I think if it hadn't been for him, And the cardiothoracic surgeon working together, uh, we would have never figured this out. Mm -hmm. I know I wouldn't have. I would have never. I've never heard of this disease until I was diagnosed with it. So, But, uh, guys, we're going to take a break, and we've got another podcast that we're going to do. We'll pick up where we left off on the next one. So stay tuned with us, and uh, we'll catch you in a few minutes. Bye. Yeah.